That's your unhustled lifestyle. And you know, you can create and design the business that you want around that to support that. And so many people think that it's the other way around. This indoctrination that we were talking about, if you work hard, you will see success. And success is always measured by, you're going to see it in 40 years when you retire. I, I don't want that. I want, we all want it today, don't we? <laughs> you're listening to the Catching Clients podcast, where the smartest minds from the world of professional services and marketing come and share the strategies that they use to consistently attract and catch their ideal big fish clients so you can learn to do the same. So grab your gear and join me, Adam King, the captain at Think Like a Fish and creator of the client catching ecosystem, and let's go fishing. Wanted to let you know about something I've just released. It's called A Quietly Powerful Guide for Professional Introverts and Curious Extroverts. How to Stand Out and Attract Clients in a World of Extroverts and Selfies. Now that is available on the listener bonus page, which is thinklikeafish.co.uk slash podcast gift. There's also a bonus video walkthrough of the guide itself that you can watch if reading isn't your thing, uh, which you'll, you, you'll get access to after you've, um, you've, you've got your copy. So take a look at that and let me know what you think. But before you do that, let's get back to today's guest. I just want to give you the heads up that this is part one of a two-part episode because I recorded this originally live with the two guys that you're going to hear from shortly on Facebook Live, and we got into some great content. So I decided to actually just chop it up into two parts for the actual podcast itself. But if you want to go and actually watch the live interview, then you can do that on the new Client Catching Podcast Facebook page, which is facebook.com, The Client Catching Podcast, or just search for it there, and you can see the whole interview from start to finish. But for this, this is part one. Part two will be available either shortly if you're uh, listening as they come out, or it'll already be there if you're listening in the future. So check it out. Make sure um, you get an, and catch part two. And um, yeah, enjoy. Let's get to the episode. Okay, so hello. Welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, I've got another first for the Client Catching Podcast today in that I'm not talking to just one expert, but two. And seriously, these guys are quite the double act, let me tell you. But before I reveal exactly who they are, let me ask you how your business and possibly your life would, get, would be very, very different if you could get more results from doing a hell of a lot less. Well, that's what my guests today focus on helping you achieve. They, they call it unhustled. And that's doing things in a more streamlined, optimized way that yields much more significant results without having to try and, uh, trade time for money. With what we're really talking about here is having a business and a life by design. Now, the first of this Doug Will Act, he's a fellow Star Wars nerd, which you may pick up from some of the things you see in his background. Um, he, he himself has a rich background from the high-end corporate world with fingers in a lot of pies as an investor, serial entrepreneur, and he's currently running 10 plus companies. And now the second guy, he's also pretty partial to dropping the odd nautical fishing references to explain how to grow your business. And he spent most of his career in the high pressure world of finance. So you'd think they'd be some of the most hustled people around, but with the systems, strategies, and the whole business by design process that they have, they laid a pretty relaxed life after really mastering the art of doing less while earning more. And through their content and programs at unhustled.com, which I highly recommend you go check out, they, ch they share how you can free up your time, work smarter, and enjoy life more, which I'm pretty sure most of us would love to know how to do, right? So I'm really looking forward to this conversation with, with Sean Donahoe and Phil Newton. So ahoy there, Sean, and ahoy there, Phil. How you doing? 
Definitely an ahoy there. <laughs> That's a great start. <laughs> well, I had to get that in because, Phil, I know you're quite, as I say, partial to the uh, the nautical references when it comes to... Uh, I don't know when it started, but yeah, I've always greeted people with an ahoy there. I, I, I just, it just stuck. And, you know, 20 years later, I'm still doing it. <laughs> yeah, and just to confirm, you know, you're not a sailor. You've never been in the Navy, that kind of thing. Not as such. I was a GLAD instructor for seven years, so there is a a, a, a little bit of a theme there. So I, yeah, was teaching people. Yeah, how but it. that has nothing to do with bloody boats. He's in the sky, but he's using nautical references, and you'd never get him on a bloody boat. It's all a derivative, isn't it? It all stems from the same thing, but yeah. So now we've cleared that up, I also want to just make sure and we clear up one thing, that you two aren't married, um, but I'm going to ask you how you both uh, both met and exactly how you came up with the whole uh, unhustled concept. We came at it from different perspectives, but our backstory, um, how long ago was it now? It's more than 10 years, isn't it, John? We it's kind got of, to be, yeah. I mean, we were... Uh, we saw room. each other across a, yeah. a room, our eyes locked, and, you know, we had a, <laughs> a fun gaze across the room. No, no, wrong story, wrong story. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, we kind of, uh, we got together because we have very similar interests. We're in a couple of groups together. And I think it was Phil stumbled across one of my uh, training programs. And we got chatting about uh, finance and investing and trading. And we had a lot of shared interests in that regard. And we both come from corporate backgrounds, him from the uh, high-end finance, myself from the corporate world, where I've been working with Fortune 500 companies, consulting uh Again, systems development. I, I have software companies. Uh, we've had an agency since '97. I built Amazon competitors, but I work with uh, some of the biggest names in the uh, corporate world. And then we started talking about our shared interests. And it's funny, even though we come from vastly different backgrounds, and Phil always says this in our uh, you know, training. He's the poor farm boy. I come from a tiny island up the north tip of Scotland with a population of 500 people. I'm now in, although despite my accent, I live in Texas, on one side of the ocean, Phil is in Liverpool. And although we have similar backgrounds, similar high pressure thing, we came to this whole concept of, you know what? To heck with all this hustle and grind BS, let's do something that let's streamline it because Phil has uh, his reasons for being unhustled me. I've got 10 businesses. I really need to have systems and processes and optimizations in place to really make sure that I can efficiently run all these businesses profitably, working on them, not stuck inside them. Yeah, I mean, just having those 10 businesses without the ability to be unhustled, you'd probably fall apart, I can imagine. Um, just it could get a little crazy and certainly did for a long time, but then when you... At the end of the day, you've only got a finite amount of hours in the day and, and time is the most valuable commodity and currency of an entrepreneur. And if you're not valuing your own time and you're respectful of your own time, then yeah, I mean, you're always going to hit that ceiling. And that's what we look to optimize is free up our time as well as our revenue so that we can enjoy the life. We got. You've only got one shot at this. I don't want to wait until I'm 65 and then retire and then barely be able to enjoy the rest of my life you know, because deteriorating health or what have you. I want to enjoy my life right now. So that's what we do and that's what we help a lot of people achieve is by finding what they're doing right now on hustling it and getting out of the whole hustling grind mindset 
all these numpties on the stage snorting cocaine, but you've got to you know, work till your eyeballs bleed, work 120 hours a, a, a week, or you just, you know, hey, you're not doing that. You just don't want success. It's complete and utter horse crap. Well, yeah, because, you know, you mentioned that the time is the most valuable thing as an entrepreneur, but also what can happen if you take that eye-bleeding, cocaine-snorting approach, then it affects your health. And I know, Phil, that's kind of, that's, that's a big reason that you've, you've moved towards this. Exactly. You. I think I would like to just interject and say it wasn't because of the cocaine-snorting <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> That's that's what it sounded like you were going to suggest there for a moment. (laughs) I I ask the questions and you answer as honestly as possible, Phil. No, in my particular case, you're right. It was, I came from it from the other end of the spectrum rather than, you know, the the, the corporate world. Although I have worked in uh, finance and had the hedge fund and all the rest of it. It's, um, in my case, it was health. You know, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease quite early on uh, after on and off illnesses for, you know, over a decade. Um, Essentially, I, I can't work in the traditional way, even if I wanted to hustle and grind. I can't hustle and grind even if I wanted to. So I had to think of very creative ways, particularly early on after the, uh, basically having a priest stand over me, offering me the last rites. Um, you know, I would get tired, fatigued, ill very quickly, uh, even in the recovery after, you know, that drama, saga, however you want to phrase it. And, you know, I could work 30 minutes, 60 minutes, and then that was it for the day. It, I was done, exhausted. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, uh, Crohn's disease is uh, essentially an intestinal disorder, one of the main symptoms, uh, which I still have ongoing, although it's not technically active, is tiredness and fatigue. And um, so that is a, a major consideration whenever I'm doing anything, and you get no warning. So I have to have systems and procedures in place that just allow me to just focus on exactly what needs to do and uh, needs to be done to move the business forward, move the needle, you know, whatever, pick your favorite buzzword, Adam. Um, but that's essentially it. So that, that, that was kind of like my, the, the start of being unhustled because it needed to be done quickly. It needed to be done efficiently. It needed to be done effectively. And I only wanted to be doing things that were constructive and productive. And, you know, over a period of time, you kind of, you fall into the, the, the trap of doing what everyone else does is let's do this, let's do this. And you start adding things to the plates. And then I realized that I, st- I actually hate doing those things <laughs> just because someone says that you should do them is not usually a good thing uh, you know, to be done. So I, again, I've gone through this cycle many times of unhustling myself, of just stripping everything back that you can't justify, that's intangible, that is not producing results and just focus on one thing. You know, and that really is what is the one thing today that is going to produce a result for you. And just do that for 20 minutes and you will see a thriving business. And, you know, it, it was the proof's in the pudding. So, so that, they're the terms of the spectrum that both himself and Sean came. You know, he wanted to kind of declutter himself with all the business interest because, hey, you know, we've only got so much time. Myself, I couldn't physically do that. And then we realized that we were on this parallel journey together and we were constantly talking and, and chatting back and forth and essentially trying to figure out, we've got to do something here. We've got to try and figure it out. And we were always moaning about the, the, the hustle till your eyeballs fall out <laughs> type of person. And we realized that we are completely against that mindset. We know that there's a better way. Uh, again, just a little bit more of the backstory. My, my parents had a, a working farm and they literally hustled and grind in the traditional way up at the sunrise, you know, working till after sunset. I saw them with, you know, work a lifetime. And I know that working hard doesn't produce results. Yes, they got by, but that was it. They got by. 
And uh, like, I think that seeing that firsthand, I didn't realize it perhaps growing up again, nothing wrong with my childhood, but it was just working hard in, in that way where you're doing stuff in that context, that was very clear that that's not the best way of doing it. There's got to be a more productive way. And, and, and that kind of was the nucleus of, you know, how can we be better? How can we unhustle ourselves? How can we, you know, free up our time and enjoy life as well without the grind? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because it's two very different starting points, two different sort of journeys to understand, you know, the, the destination. And really it shows that it's a problem that a lot of people face. And you, and I'm sure if we asked a hundred different people about their experience around this feeling of being hustled or having to run at a million miles an hour, they'd have a different story to tell about what that means to them. And so it's, it's great that you've sort of found that destination and, and you've unpacked it in a way that actually you can help people um, you know, unpack their own story in order to achieve the kind of yeah, the kind of the, the coffee shop lifestyle that, that I know you describe it as feel sometimes. And uh, that is my lifestyle. That's, that's my every morning. <laughs> I want to go out, read a book, have a coffee, have a, have a few chats, literal physical chats. We always describe it as a coffee shop, but that's where it comes from because I'm in a coffee shop most, most mornings, reading a book, enjoying a coffee, watching the world go by. That's how I've designed my life. And it's not necessarily the laptop lifestyle, although, because that's the kind of the cliche way it's often described, but you know, if you think about what, what do you want from your life? Not necessarily business, life, you know, just all of it together. How do you want to live your life? You know, I, I, these days, I don't think I could go back to a 40 hour work week. I could not go and work for someone. It would be impossible for me to do that <laughs> because I've, we're, both myself and John, we're at the point now where, you know what, today I'm going to take the day off. We've got the luxury of being able to do that, but it's by design. And I think if you think about, as you said a moment ago, the destination, what do you want? If you want to hustle and grind, we're not against it as such. If that's what you want, if that's how you want to live your life, that's okay. But do things that are productive. Don't fill your time with filler work and tweeting 10,000 times a day. It's unproductive. <laughs> if you can't justify doing it, don't do it. It's kind of interesting because I really want to kind of define what unhustled actually means because this is, Phil skimmed around it, but I want to really put a kind of a, an arrow in the ground to identify. It's really about designing your business around the life you want. If you design, rather than trying to cram life around your business and your work and what have you, that's not the way to live. I mean, that, it's like your life is actually an afterthought. But if you design your business around the life you actually want, and that's your core focus, then amazing things can happen because it really puts your entire perspective on, on a 180. And being unhustled, the, the way we explain it, because, you know, okay, yeah, we're the anti-hustle and grind. We're not against hard work. We're more for smart work, okay, doing things in a smarter, more efficient way. But being unhustled really means that you have the freedom to do what you want, when you want, and have the resources, aka time and money, to actually be able to do it. So when you focus everything, we put everything through the lens of, is this unhustled? We asked ourselves this, even as we're building this new uh, corporation and we've got other business interests that are co-aligned, <clears throat> we're coming up with new projects or products, or we're doing 
you know, new systems, we always ask ourselves, is this unhustled? And if it's adding a lot more work with, you know, with, what's the ROI on this? Is it worth the investment of the time or the short-term hard work? Or, yeah, you know, let's bust our asses, get this done. But by the time we've got a return, is it what is the juice worth the squeeze, as Phil likes to say? Um, you know, is it, we put it through that lens of, is this actually unhustled right now? And if it is, then we'll proceed. If it's not, okay, is this a tomorrow problem? Is it a next week problem? But we do this kind of prioritizing and filtering, and then we know whether it's something that we want to proceed with rather than just, oh, let's just add it to the plate anyway. And that compound effect of, um, and just putting all this stuff together, you end up being hustled, and it's not—it's not great. So, having those filters really makes it much, much easier to decide what to do right now, what to do tomorrow, and then plan ahead. But it gives you that lens of, you know, let's be. Able to should I be about. doing this? Yeah. And, and, and I'm curious to know because. Have you found that with some of the people you work with or when you try and explain this concept and when you say to them, well, it's all about choosing the life you want, what do you want to be doing? Do you find that sometimes that people have been so accustomed to being on that treadmill running at 100 miles an hour? When you ask them that question, they don't really know. I I don't think it's that they don't know. I just think that they're afraid to, to derail their current track their current journey and try something different because it's new, because it's weird, because it's different. Because literally from the moment we start to attend school, wherever we are in the Western world uh, or the world in general, it's we're constantly told, if you work hard, you will get a good job. And if you work at least 40 or 60 or 80 hours a week, if you do that for the next 40 years, you can retire. <laughs> and that for me is my idea of a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's the indoctrination, it's that, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, that's the point. It's that constant thing, and we're constantly told. And it's that when you try to say that, hey, you know, you can do it a different way. You don't have to work for someone. You don't have to do it this way. You don't. Why do you think that you've got to do it that way? Surely you can make your own mind up and choose your own path. And a lot of people are just like what. What do you mean I can do it? And this the simple act of giving them permission that you mean I can do my own thing? I don't have to work for someone. And especially in this, this modern world we live in, there's this great little thing called the internet. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it can connect all sorts of people together, all sorts of opportunities, all sorts, anywhere in the world. I think today is literally a, a golden age for anyone who wants to have an idea today and see if it's got legs. They can you know, be in business by the weekend, essentially. And, you know, when we've proven it many times, we have students that have, you know, gone through our program and within 24 to 48 hours have their first clients and they've had the invoice done and they've been paid through an account that they opened, you know, earlier that day because all the, all the mechanisms, all the facilities for you to do that are, are here with us today. And I'm, I'm, I don't know about, you know, I don't know how old you are, Adam, but me and Sean certainly have always laughed and joked about, you know, when we started out, we had to go knocking on doors on the local estates. <laughs> if we wanted some extra pocket money, you know, you literally had to go and do it the old fashioned way. And I think today there's just so much opportunity, but you don't have to hustle and grind in that traditional sense and work hard all your life. You can have an idea, you can think creatively, um, or uncreatively, depending on what you're doing, but you can 
streamline everything so that you've designed the life that you want with the experience that you want is if you've only got, you know, 30 minutes a day or every other day to do something with that constraint, what is available to you rather than think, well, Joe Schmo said, I've got to be blogging 5,000 articles every month. And, you know, you know, certain other gurus said that you should, you know, connect and communicate with a thousand people uh, with a thousand messages every day. And maybe, maybe something will happen that, that, all right, yeah, it does work, but the exchange is time. So put the restraints. What are, the, what are your objectives? You know, if you've only got 30 minutes a day, if you've got this objective and you want this lifestyle and you want your weekends free, what are all the things that you love that you want in your life? That's your objective. That's your unhustled lifestyle. And, you know, you can create and design the business that you want around that to support that. And so many people think that it's the other way around. This indoctrination that we were talking about, if you work hard, you will see success. And success is always measured by, you're going to see it in 40 years when you retire. I, I don't want that. I want, we all want it today, don't we? <laughs> hey, this is Adam. I hope you're really enjoying this episode of the Client Catching Podcast. Now, did you know you can actually get paid for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds a bit mental, but it's actually true because I've discovered this free new app called PodCoin and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. And it works by basically you listen to podcasts and you earn what they call PodCoin while you listen. You can then turn that PodCoin into um, gift cards at places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're a good person, you can even donate that PodCoin to charity. And so the more you listen, the more you earn. So Here's how it works. You download the app right now on iPhone or Android. Um, I've got a special code for you as well. Um, you can use the code CLIENTCATCH and you'll get 300 PodCoin just from signing up. And if you listen to enough episodes, you can get it, you know, you can go and get that cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on me. So go ahead, listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with the code CLIENTCATCH. I swear it will change the way you listen to podcasts. So give that a go. But until you do, let's get back to the show. And what you've said there, it, it reminds me of something um, uh, one of the previous guests that I've had, Dov Gordon, was talking about. And he, he looks at it from purely the marketing point of view. And it's like, if you can focus on the 10% of activities that generate the 90% of results, like that is where you are, you are best serving your time. So everything else is a distraction. As you say, if somebody out there is saying, well, go and blog 5,000 times a day or put social media, blah, 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 blah. Well, that might work for them. But is that going to be the most efficient use of your time, your money, your resource, whatever it is, to actually achieve the objective that you're trying to get to? Sean mentioned before, running through filters. What, you know, what, what do you enjoy doing? If you enjoy writing and you want to write 500 blog articles a month, you know, well, then don't do it. But if you, if you don't like, if that's the idea of, you know, things down a chalkboard for you, don't do it. Think about the things that you want and, and run that through a, another filter. Or, okay, you know, is this going to create more work or less work? It's one of our big filters for us. Or, you know, run it through your own filters. Will this make, you know, one that I like that, you know, my, my, literally my second filter is, will this make me happy? Am I going to enjoy this? Because if I'm not going to enjoy this, I ain't doing it. And that literally is the second filter. So is it going to create more work or less work? I, I, do I, does this sound interesting? Am I going to enjoy this? No. All right, well, I'm probably not going to do it then if I'm not thinking about enjoying it. You know, what's your filter? You know, what's that next level down? And if you have those little filters, not just with business, but I think life in general, it's a great way to start living. And, you know, you just end up focusing on the things that you love doing. 
And this is one of the exercises that we talk about inside our uh, training. It, it's that, am I, do I love this or do I hate this? Because if you hate it, why are you doing it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Stop, and stop doing it. I, I mean, I, I completely agree. And, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate ever so slightly because I can, I can imagine somebody listening to this and saying, well, that all sounds very nice, but I've got an awful lot going on and I'm really busy and I've got a, you know, I've got a business with staff and all that kind of thing. How, is, how can I become unhustled considering where I am now? And, and, and is this a reality for any business or is it a specific type of business if I'm an accountant? Oh, I can, I can help you with that. I can help you get unhustled. Here's, here's a little exercise. Put it down on a piece of paper, three columns. In one column, the stuff that you love doing that personally gives you pleasure, that you enjoy, it's really a strength and you enjoy it. Another column, the stuff that you absolutely must do. Okay, these are tasks that move the needle, must be done, you can't avoid them, like accounting and everything else. I hate accounting, it's not my thing, but okay, so that could go in the, the hate, but it's also in the do column. So, you know, look at the, these three columns, love, hate, and do, okay? And then all the stuff in the hate column should be done by someone else. Delegate, get them to do it, don't touch them. And if you're stuck, because I say a lot of entrepreneurs, they seem to be running 100 miles an hour into quicksand. And then they can't get out of that quicksand. So exactly what you're talking about there is how do I get this? Because I can't stop doing what I'm doing right now. Well, it's that entrepreneurial superhero syndrome, isn't it? Sometimes it's like, well, it's my thing. I have to do all of this and it's my baby. So I want to do all of it. And that's a bit of a mindset. A lot of people, I was that, I was that person for the longest time. I carried the world on my shoulders. I'm like, I'm the only one who can do this. No one understands. No one gets it but you have to be able to take a step back from yourself and be objective. You know, the 30,000 foot view of the forest in front of you rather than being right up against the tree trunk. You've got to look at it and say, okay, well, if I can put all this stuff here that I hate and get delegated and I can put systems, what, what can I do to still facilitate the stuff that needs to be done? What over here in the hate column is completely irrelevant. I mean, I actually took many of my businesses and processes mapped them out on a big whiteboard. I've got one of those great eight foot by four foot um, whiteboards and I mapped it all out. And I'm like, well, put a big X through that, put a big X through that, cut the crap out, and then just focus on the stuff that moves the needle. I mean, one thing Phil came up with, which uh, and, and introduced me to a, a fantastic concept, is we've all heard of the 80-20 principle, okay? Where only 20% of the stuff that you do really gets you 80% of the results. Well, what if you 80-20, the 80-20? Okay, so look at the 20% stuff that you do that moves the needle. Now really examine that. And what is the 4% that's going to get you 64% of your results? Now, if you just kind of whittle everything down, kind of map it out and really be freaking ruthless about what you are doing, what's getting you the results, but when you get down to that 4%, do more of that. In fact, find a way to scale all that up and get scale your results. That's the trick of it. You don't need to do something new. You just need to do more of the same. <laughs> That's what I realized, you know, for, for myself, you know, I, like when my health got better, I was doing what everyone else was doing. I was adding things and stop the blogging, the tweeting, the YouTube and all, all the things that everyone's supposed to be doing. I was doing this exercise as well. I ended, I just, all the things that I hate, I just drew a line through them. I just stopped doing them. Literally, I couldn't justify doing them. It was stop, stop doing them completely. 
And for myself, I freed up, got back a lot of my time that I'd, uh, you know, had the luxury of enjoying. Typically when we, you know, people do this and it's worth doing, spend time doing it. But you'll typically free up around 60% of your time because there's a good chance, as Sean said, there's a good chance you just put a line through all the things that you hate doing. You can't justify doing it. Why are you doing it? Stop doing it. Now, it might be that you come back to it, you can revisit it, but for now, just stop doing it. You can literally stop doing the majority of those things that you hate doing. If it needs to be done, it's going to be in the do column. Get someone else to do it. <laughs> and let's, <laughs> let, let's say then that somebody's gone through that exercise and they've, uh, they've freed up a bit of their time. What, is, uh, what does an unhustled business look like when it's up and running? Uh, you know, is there a foundational number of elements to it? What goes into it? So that's, you know, that's sort of looking at what you're doing yourself. I know you look at systems and automation and, and all that. And the best metaphor, come, come back to the ship that we, that we know, like, and love. <laughs> Imagine that the, the, the hustles business where you've, you, the business owner is essentially in the engine room. They're shoveling the coal, trying to keep the fires of the business going. That's essentially where a lot of businesses that we work with are. They're the operating the business. They are the business, essentially. And they're in the engine room, shoveling the coal, making sure that the whole machine is still running. So when you start to take a step back and you stop worrying about being the person to do all the doing, the hustle business is the captain of the ship. We're, we're directing, we've got teams, we've got staff, we've got navigators, we've got um, you know, a little, little guy steering the wheel. <laughs> we've got a, a guy up in the crow's nest. You know, we're given the direction. That's where... That's where you should be. You should be the captain of the ship in your business. And if you're spending more time doing it down in the engine room, then you can't figure out if there's problems. You know, you shouldn't be the person fixing the problems. You should be the person saying there's a problem. How are we going to fix it? You get a team of people together and, you know, you get them to do the thing. You know, that is the, probably the best metaphor. Get yourself out the engine room and into the, the, the captain's cabin and start thinking about strategy, start thinking about direction, start thinking about delegation is a big thing because you don't have to be the person. Um, you know, a phrase that we like is do it today, fix it tomorrow. You know, you don't need to be the person that creates perfection. You don't have to make it, you know, cause you're not the only person that can do the thing. You may think you are, but you're not. <laughs> well, that's, that's so the superhero syndrome again, isn't it? Yeah, it's like you think you are. Better to have it done today by probably someone else. And maybe it's 60, maybe it's 70, maybe it's 80% of the way there that you could do it. That's what you train them for. Make, bring them up to that level so that they can do it as good as you or as competently as you. It doesn't have to be 100%. Just do it today. Fix it tomorrow. And fix it tomorrow could be retraining. It could be, um, you know, course correction. It could be setting up a system of processes to support the other person so that they're up to a suitable standard that you expect from them. And so, would it be your first um, consideration of, of doing this? Would it be to delegate and hire a team, or is it uh, systems and automation? Is it, you know, what? How how would you sort of help somebody along that journey to becoming unhustled? It's I was going to say, it's really a case of looking at what are you doing right now? Where are your processes? Where are your systems? Do you this is the do column that Sean was just talking about. All those things that need doing, you need to stop doing them. And it's the systems and the processes that Sean's about to explain. That's kind of the, the second phase of it. You've got to identify what needs doing. Yeah, it's really kind of figuring out where are you right? Okay, the way we describe this and the way I uh, say this while I'm on stage is we need to figure out where you are right now where you want to be, 
really define, okay, this is what, okay, this is five years, this is what I want to be, one year, I want to be right here. And then we figure out a game plan to get you there. Now, the thing is that by the time we break and reverse engineer that, and we create waypoints along that path, everything else becomes irrelevant. Is what you're doing right now getting you on that path there? No, stop freaking doing it. Why are you doing this? Okay, you've got to really be very ruthless with, again, what you're doing, because we get stuck in that, right? You've got the superhero syndrome like you're talking about. People diving and just trying to run in quicksand because they feel that that's what they've got to do. But is it moving the needle? Are you putting things in place that are going to get you to where you want to be? And again, it's an additional filter that I run with a lot of our students is continuous momentum of a flywheel is going to get you to that destination. But when you first start, yeah, it takes a lot of effort to get that giant flywheel moving. Okay, you've got to put in the effort and everything else. But once it's up to speed, then great. You only have to do a little bit of maintenance and you, you could you know, you just keep, keep that momentum going. But if, you, if the effort you're putting in is on this weird thing over here that has nothing to do with this flywheel, then it's just going to slow down. You're going to get back into that rut and old habits. And, and again, you're wondering, oh, crap, now I've got to go get all this extra effort to get this flywheel going again. Well, just focus on the freaking flywheel, okay? And if that's going to get you the momentum to get you to your destination, fantastic. Everything else is irrelevant. So it's that focus. Now, I've got ADHD, or what I like to call HD, ADHD. I'm real high depth. We'll chase every goddamn squirrel that comes across the window. Hey, look, you've got a, you've got a fellow sufferer over here as well. So um, I get that. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, I needed to do this so that I could really drill down on what I need to do to get momentum, to get business going and really focusing in on what is going to move the needle? If it's not going to move the needle, if it's not working towards that goal, if it's not getting me unhustled, then I'm not doing it. That's it. Well, if it needs to be done, I'll get someone else to do it. If I hate it, I ain't doing it. What, what's the point? Why, why shoot myself in the foot every damn day? I was just going to say, uh, if you're struggling with that, how to identify those things, the question that we regularly ask ourselves, again, coming back to these, this kind of list of filters, an easy one to do is just ask why. Why are we doing this? What, you know, if you can't answer, if we can't figure out why we're doing it, why are you doing it? <laughs> I think when you've got that idea, you know, is it, why are we doing this? Okay. And if it's a good idea, the one that we like is, should we do it today or tomorrow or next week? Because does it need to be done today? Is it critical that we do it or can we, we've got the idea. That's great. It's a great idea, but it's going to, as John was saying, it's going to distract us from what we're already doing. And it comes back to that one, do one thing at a time have all these ideas and we, we've got um we've got literally a digital rolodex if you like of all these ideas the things that we're going to do next the project folder if you like we we'll brainstorm we'll chase the squirrel and they go okay we've got it out of our system now we'll come back to it it's next week's problem again metaphorically speaking or it's next year's problem it's it's a great idea but it's it's a long way off yeah i've got one of those down there as well it's like a you know, it comes into your head, you stick it down there and you go, okay, I'll get to it another time. It's so easy to get distracted so with that. Yeah. And um, quick throwaway tip for you. We use Evernote for this and we can create folders and, you know, bookets and group them all together. And you can literally, when you have the idea, chase the squirrel, 
get it out of your system, write it all down. I mean, I can you know, be in my coffee shop and I can just write it down. It's out my system, but it's documented. It's in an ideas folder. I'll come back to it. I've got all, you know, a couple of links of resources that I might use to it, but I can effectively forget about it because I've chased it down rather than spend a day, a week, maybe even a month researching it and documenting and, and only to realize that it was, it wasn't, after the excitement's died down, it probably wasn't a great idea. <laughs> so that's it for part one. Make sure you catch part two, which will be available shortly. Or if you're listening in the future, it's already available. And don't forget, you can also watch the full Facebook live version of this interview, uh, which you can catch on the Client Catching Podcast Facebook page, which you can find by searching for the podcast in Facebook. So I hope you've enjoyed that episode and make sure you go and check out the second part And until next time, happy fishing. Thanks so much for tuning into the show today. I know there are a lot of podcasts you could be listening to, but you've chosen this one and I'm truly grateful for that. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, I'd love if you could just take a few quick minutes to share your thoughts and leave an honest rating review for the show over on iTunes. It's not only important for helping others discover the show, but I also read each and every submission personally and they really do mean the world to me. So thanks very much in advance and happy fishing.